Thank you for downloading and happiness. Dare to be happy. We are two curious friends that want to explore what makes us happy. In each episode, we will take a topic in alphabetical order and discuss how it relates to and impacts happiness. We will live the experience of each concept through a dare that we set each other and then talk about how it affected our happiness. As well as diving into psychological theories and evidence which supports or contradicts our personal experiences. In other words, in this show, psychology meets play. I'm Kitty Newman, Director of Trapeze Media, a digital marketing agency that leads with social. My company philosophy is based on the importance of play in all our lives and how important it is to be happy at work. I have been obsessed with the circus for a few years, hence the name Trapeze Media, and making time for things like handstands and aerial in amongst the day-to-day challenges that come with running a successful business makes me happy. My name is Claudia Mitura. I'm a work psychologist and learning and development specialist with a purpose to boost happiness in the workplace. I love experimenting and applying scientific research on happiness to my daily ups and downs, or just to prove my other half wrong. I also like to look for happiness in unusual places, so I won't shy away from diving with sharks or starring in a pantomime. Sometimes this gets me in trouble. Okay, Kitty, my goodness, this is our ninth episode of and happiness, and we are talking about innovation. Yee-hoo! <laughs> this feels so exciting. We're receiving so many amazing messages from people about the podcast. It's just so great now to be recording it, knowing that there are so many people listening. It is amazing to hear how people are doing the dares and actually feeding back to us and how it's going for them is so amazing. I know it's so great to see that other people are struggling with uh, with some of the dares as we struggled. <laughs> it's not just us. It's just, exactly. And today we're speaking about innovation. Tricky subject, actually. Tricky topic, I must say. I had high hopes for this week of innovation and I think I've got quite a lot of thoughts on it. Our dare was to innovate around things that we do daily and try to do them in a new, different or improved way. And wow, this is difficult. Innovation is difficult. Sounds easy, doesn't it, Claudia? Innovate your daily life. Go on. (laughs) Exactly. Like just wake up and innovate. Quite, quite interesting. So according to Nesta, which is an innovation foundation in the UK, innovation is not only about creating something new and better, but it's also about turning bold ideas into reality and changing lives for better. That is a big, grand goal, according to them, behind the innovation. Mm. And they stressing the key difference between creativity and innovation which is execution. So innovation requires that development, production, implementation of idea. And with that definition in mind, I feel like I definitely failed at the dare because I had moments when I was creative, but not to the extent that I can say, yes, I innovated. And as a result, my life is now better. Mm. What was your story? I found it really hard to force innovation into my life. I think that was the difference. I feel like I innovated in the week, but it's only kind of come 
looking back and actually they are more around well something that we've been working on together which is a product for me to sell in my business of the hospitality reset menu training program and that to me was innovation but to innovate something day to day was so hard to force i tried out things like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna um just innovate the way i get to my desk each day whether it's i just switch up my routine or take a different route to the co-working space but it didn't feel like innovation it just felt like variation and just changing the way i did something did not feel like innovation and it was hard to force really hard to force I really resonate with with your example and when I start looking into conditions of what can help us to be better innovators and having great ideas in life, I realize that we didn't really put right conditions and circumstances to be innovating. Mm. So the writer and researcher Richard St. John says that there are four factors that can help us to be more innovative and have grand ideas. So one is we need to have a problem because usually good ideas are simple, better solutions to everyday challenges. Mm. We also need to listen to other people because comment from someone can spark an idea for us. Mm. We need to look around and be curious and observe and receive information from other sources. And finally, we need to write down our thought process because many great ideas are really synthesis of various topics of aspects. And I can recognize all these elements in my work as a learning and development specialist. Every project starts with a issue or another challenge. We want to increase employee engagement. We want to empower our managers. We want to train people on a certain skill. I then go and listen to my colleagues to understand what they need. I will go and look at the good practice and exchange ideas with other professionals. I will write down all my findings and finally I will innovate and create bespoke program. Mm. So even though kind of I done it in my professional life, I couldn't translate it in my daily life to innovate. That is an interesting rundown. So slightly out of our time frame for the dare, but last night I was talking to a friend about wallets. He was saying, look at my wallet, isn't it great? And it was completely flat, so it slid right into his jeans pocket. Now I also really love my wallet. And so we were both comparing wallets, the design, the elements that were um, good from each and came up with like a new idea for the perfect wallet. Now, if I'd follow through and, com- and make that new wallet that we came up with, that would be innovation, but it was so much more considered than the day-to-day sort of, yeah, the forcing of it. But I think the common ground for all these examples is that there was a problem, there was a challenge. You were trying to innovate to get to the desk in a different way. I was trying to innovate, to meditate in a different way, but we didn't really have a need to do that. Yeah, there was no problem. Exactly. No problem. Therefore, we didn't really... And also, we didn't go and talk to other people and be like, hey, how do you get to your desk every morning? <laughs> well, that's all research and development, isn't it? It's, it's, that's 
when you're launching a new product, you would do your research. Exactly. Quite interesting, another aspect to think about is innovative ideas also tend to come to us when we do something very simple. Mm. So we're almost giving ourselves a bit of briefing space. Mm. Have you ever had a grand idea when doing something very simple, very repetitive? Mm. Yeah, I think I get ideas when I'm running and also in the shower. Is that what you mean, doing a simple task? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. So, you know, even that I was just, I was just reflecting uh, because lots of people ask me, how come we come up with an idea for this podcast, for instance? So first of all, the idea came to me when I was decluttering. I was organizing mm. clothes, I think, and I was listening to another podcast and the kind of idea synthesis happened in my brain and I had idea for, for a podcast. And then through our conversations, that idea got a structure and got evolved mm. and got shaped. But yeah, it was just decluttering when it came to me and happiness was born. So mm. here we are. Yeah. I'm trying to think of when the ideas come to me. For clients at work, my ideas don't generally come when I'm doing work. I mean, we, we have to come up with quite a lot of ideas, so I'm sure some of them do, but it's so important yeah, it's making me see the importance of taking those breaks and going for those, you know, making sure that you do take a break. Because do ideas do come to me when I'm not thinking about them. I think what we're saying is it, it can get easier to innovate if there are certain conditions. And definitely having a certain problem, a challenge that our brain can think about will lead us to have an idea. And most likely that idea will happen if we are engaging in a very simple activity. Mm. I have an interesting question for you, Kitty. Mm, yes, I love those. I know. And this one is a hard one. Oh, no. <laughs> Do we innovate because we are happy? Or are we happy because we are innovating? Oh, chicken in the egg, eh? Yeah. Well, if you're saying that we have a problem and then we innovate, that's how we innovate, there's going to be a need which comes from a problem which makes me think that you're trying to make yourself happier by innovating. Mm -hmm. The answer is probably both, but if we go down this route, there's a problem, we innovate to fix it and then it's fixed and we feel content and also creatively um, enthused. Oh, Kitty, you just know it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is both. I knew it would be a trick question. It's definitely a tricky one. The idea is that on one hand, innovations make us happier because they offer change in our life for better and give us a sense of purpose and we solve something in a positive way. So there is a research that shows that engaging in innovative, creative activities contributed to participants' spiral of positive emotions and increased psychological well-being and feeling that they're flourishing in life. But on the other hand, 
there is a research that shows that if we are happy, we are much better at innovating. And this is because happiness affects different parts of our brain that help us to be creative. Mm. So when you actually look at the research around people who are happy, those people will be more likely to be open to collaboration. They will have easier time to focus on certain tasks and they have much broader perception. So yeah, it is a chicken and egg scenario. Mm. So I keep mixing up innovation and invention, I think. Mm -hmm. Like you can invent something. Is that innovative? It isn't necessarily. It's maybe the same. It's maybe can be the same. I wonder if people who were really quite like consistently innovating things, what the follow through is like, how happy you can be with the thing that you've just done and whether you move on to the next quite quickly and if you're always on a constant kind of innovation or if it's something they work on once it's launched. I don't know. I don't think I know any serial innovators. Except I'm glad you brought up our podcast because that was a process to that, an innovation. But I like the idea that you, you know, your mind went into thinking about people who are perceived as innovators because there is also extensive research on personality dimensions of innovative people. Mm. And they are like top personality traits. Mm. These are openness to new experiences, uh, being less conventional and less conscientious, Mm. being more self-confident, driven and ambitious. But the one that I was very surprised was being impulsive and sometimes hostile. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, those first few that you were saying seem so on point to me. Because to be an innovator, you have to think differently to the norm. Or you wouldn't see the thing that's missing that no one else can see. My grandma, she was a great innovator. She'd always like invent funny little things out of leftover rubbish in the house that no everyone else would normally throw away she'd attach a cocktail stick with a rubber band to the top of the pepper dispenser so that you could easily poke holes in the pepper so that it wouldn't get blocked up innovation (laughs) exactly (laughs) but nobody else saw that saw the little cocktail stick the rubber band and the pepper and thought oh I'll put all of that together so I see that an innovator has to be different to the general kind of consensus and that confidence to be like yes I know that I'm right and all of you because you could easily have an idea and then the crowd are like what are you talking about I can't see that working yeah when you're saying that I immediately think about Henry Ford, okay, who was obviously the founder of the Ford Motor Company. And he, you know, he has a famous quote, which says, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Yes, exactly. So you're right, he needed to think completely outside of the box and really see and kind of go on the unbeaten track and maybe because you have to go through unbeaten track you maybe have to be a bit impulsive and hostile yeah yeah i mean hostile is such a strong word mm. but i guess portrayals of innovators if we take steve jobs he is portrayed as hostile mm. and stories about him and his that sort of attitude quite 
does sound quite hostile. Mm. I'm not sure I know any innovators that I would call hostile. Mm. Happiness definitely helps us to be more innovative. If we're innovating, we will be happier. People that have certain personality traits have more almost like predisposition towards being innovative, but also they are in a environment that allows them to be innovative. Mm. They're in the kind of right environment. So there is a global innovation thousand, which provides annual analysis of the 1000 publicly held companies that spend most resources on research and development. And in 2018, they had an entire report about specifically six characteristics of amazing, innovative companies. Mm. They really come to the conclusions that in order to innovate, you have to create environment in which innovation thrives. So for businesses, it was things like aligning innovation with your business objectives, having committed leaders, engaging customers in innovation, etc. But those companies created environment for innovative people to actually push forward innovation. There's a British entrepreneur called Richard Browning who has invented a Iron Man suit. There's videos of him on YouTube going and buying these like jet engines, tying them to his legs, and you can see him just like propelling himself up off the floor. I mean, he looks like an absolute madman. I'm, I can't believe he didn't do himself a mischief, but he got so strong, so fit. He's doing calisthenics. He can do a flag. He's super, super fit to, to be able to wear this suit. And over the course of the video, which is years, he ends up with this suit that he can then fly over the Thames and I think he's now been bought by Red Bull and he's now been in a position to innovate. You know, he had the vision. I don't think that it was a problem that he was solving, <laughs> that we can't fly. Although, he has solved a problem, hasn't he? If, if this went mass market and we could all fly around and not have to use cars and, you know, actually it is solving a problem we're at now. But he had to have all of those traits that you've described to really go for that, you know, the kind of like blinkered vision. And bet a million people told him, you cannot build an Iron Man suit. But look at him, he did it. Amazing. After this, I'm going to YouTube and I'm watching this. And the moment I show it to my other half, I'm sure we spending all our saving money on that suit. <laughs> I think it's very expensive. <laughs> You know, whatever makes us happy. We can innovate around, you know, every kind of concept as your granny with a pepper. Yeah, the pepper pot. To, you know, Richard Browning and his Iron Man suit. I love that my grandma has gotten a mention in a conversation about an Iron Man suit. And we mentioned her next to Henry Ford. This is the point. The innovation can be small. Innovation can be huge. It is still innovation, still creating a solution to a problem that makes our life easier and better. Boom. Boom. 
Okay, so we know that innovation can help us to be happier. And in order to innovate, we do need to create the right environment. So what do you think we could do daily to be more innovative? Again, it's space to think, you know, doing those tasks that let your mind wander and fix the problems. I think considering the challenges we face currently more than I do at the moment would help me to be more innovative. Fixing problems, thinking about it like that and what I can do to alleviate challenges that there are. Having a bit of confidence in your ideas and if after you've spoken to people about that idea, pushing through with it, I guess. Which maybe it means that we need to be a bit hostile. Oh, wow. Do you think so? Maybe. I don't know. I'm a bit frightened about that. I wonder if that's a trait, that hostility is a trait of the current innovators we know of, which will follow very similar patterns. We all know that there's a certain type of person in power. There are traits that that do reflect in the innovators that we know of that are at a high level. Whereas actually, does that have to be included? Surely that's something that's gotten these people to that point. But the world is changing a bit in how it and who it lets into those places and we've definitely talked about it before around empathy and within the work environment when everyone in the world has listened to and happiness and works out that they don't need to be hostile to get to these places and that we can work together i'm hoping that hostility isn't essential to innovation me too and next time the research will establish that those people were open, curious, and happy. Yeah. I love your suggestions, uh, how we can increase both happiness and innovation. You write that space is very important. We can try to operate more in a state of flow. So almost like you have a state of increased focus and immersion in activities such as art, play and work. Musicians talk about being in the groove, sportsmen about being in the zone. But it is this moment of the flow that we get so absorbed in activity that you lose track of time and truly being in one particular moment. And research around the state of flow shows that people do have increased happiness and innovation and inspiration within such moments. There is fantastic, this is generally the concept and the research introduced by researcher Mihai Csikszent Mihai, and he suggests that in a situations we experience flow when our skills levels are just below or ever so slightly than the kind of requirements of the task. So we are challenged, but not too much, but also not too little. And we don't have interruptions. We can just immerse within the task without expectation of the outcomes. Mm. Yeah, he really shows that within state like that, the genius is just striving. Our creativity, our innovation and happiness is skyrocketing. Mm. Have you ever experienced the state of flow this week, this month? Yeah, with this hospitality reset menu that we've been working on together, when I started to come up with the idea, which is a social training program, 
I felt so pumped <laughs> and full of adrenaline and excitement for it and really went off on everything, getting the website done, laying out the process, the structure, how it was going to, how we were going to develop it and then pulling you in at the end to kind of really make it a final product was so exciting. So I think that was a bit of innovation over the last month. And a state of flow. And definitely a state of flow, for sure. Mm. But also something more practical uh, that I think could be quite useful is a suggestion from Julia Cameron and her book, The Artist Way. Um, so the book sets out a 12-week program of recovering our creativity and innovation from various blocks. And she suggests two great tools. One is morning pages. So every morning you sit down and you write down three pages on any topic you want. And you are not allowed to read them or reread them. Mm. And the idea is that it really allows you to create a free space in your mind to then be creative. And I must say, I've been doing that technique for many weeks now. And it's a great technique that allows me to park my thoughts and then move on with my work and use that creativity for researching information for the podcast or writing a training, etc. Second tool is, again suggested by Julia Cameron, is this idea that we need to have an input from other sources to get inspiration. So we need to engage in ideas and innovations of other people. And she suggests that once a week you have a artist date, we, we can call it an innovator date, which allows you to get inspiration from other people's innovations. So you mean to like connect with other people and talk about the ideas that everyone's having? Yes, or browsing what people are working on or going to the exhibition and looking at, I don't know, newest designs. Yeah. So just trying to find inspiration can help you to generate better ideas. I do like that in theory. I think it just depends. I think that flow, you can't be forced. I think if you're on the track already and you're in the flow and you've got an idea about where you're going, then I think those additional inspirations are great. But I think that's where it can get a bit tricky because you can be looking for something desperately and actually it just takes a bit of time to sink in. And But yeah, all of that inspiration and other people's ideas will... I guess we'll all sink in and feed into whatever you come up with at the end, I guess. You're right. Like we cannot force it the way we were trying to force it within our dare. Mm. And we didn't experience that amazing innovation and therefore increased happiness because we are trying to force it. We kind of expected it that it will happen. Mm. But as we discovered, really, innovation there are certain factors that can help us to be innovative and have grand ideas. It's about having a problem, listening to other people, observing the world around us, writing those ideas down. It's really the biggest learning for me personally is the innovation won't just happen. We need to create a right environment in which innovation thrives. Mm. Whether it's a state of flow, whether it's taking yourself on an innovation date or writing a morning pages, but we need to create 
a space for innovation. Mm. And on one hand, innovation can make us be happier because we're changing our life for better and we have a sense of purpose. On the other, if we are happy, we'll be much better at innovating because the happiness increases our cognitive thinking. I think innovation is quite exciting and you can feel really proud of yourself. It gives me self-esteem and confidence, which is great for making me feel good about myself. So I like innovation, but it is hard. I mean, all of these are hard. <laughs> but yeah, this was the trickiest in terms of that cultivating innovation. But once you get it, once there is something you can innovate, it makes makes me feel really good. Love it. Claudia, I am really looking forward to the next episode, which is Jay, because we are going to be making people laugh with jokes. Yes, it will be amazing. Our dare is to make as many people as possible laugh. Could be jokes, could be good sense of humor. We're going to see what's going to happen to our happiness and their happiness. And because it's our 10th episode. Woo! Double figures. It will be a special episode. We're 10. Yes, Kitty, you know what I'm talking about. What? Well, because we're going to have a secret guest. No way. This guest is going to tell us more about jokes and sense of humor in our life. So Don't tell anybody, everyone. Don't miss that one. They will have the inside track on making people laugh. So we really hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for all your reviews please do keep reviewing us on apple podcasts and click subscribe and if you can just tell one person about our podcast this week that will definitely make us happy we want to dare as many people as possible to be happy so help us to do it amazing all right well we will see you next time yeah we dare you to be happy bye, bye.